0: On today's call, John and I discuss how I've been a bit burned out lately, the Neuralink presentations and potential implications, a new business idea involving newsletters and (laughs) scientists, updates on living in Dallas after being a nomad, and news about a frog. All right, let's begin. Hello. Hey, John. Hi,
1: Marshall. Hello. I've already messed it up. Hey, Marshall. Hey. Uh
0: behind the scenes, we just uh I messed up the audio recording about 30 seconds into this, so we're starting over. Anyways, so okay, you were just telling me um basically I asked or you mentioned you're you're feeling hungover today and I was asking about <laughs> why that is. Yeah, so
1: I just joined this sorry, I, I I think I said softball last time, but I, I meant kickball. A kickball league. Oh, and okay. It's a it's a beer in hand kickball league. So you have to run around and kick and catch and everything with with a beer in your hand. And if you spill the beer, you are automatically out. And then after the game, there's a flippy cup tournament, which is actually worth more points than the kickball game. So, <laughs> yeah. Oh man, we won we won the kickball game, but lost the flippy cup game. So we actually overall lost last night. Oh, wow. That sounds fun, though. How did you find that? Um, remember Jordan? Yeah. Jo- Jordan did some design work for us at, at Peel, uh, some industrial design stuff. He moved to Denver, actually, um, about a month after we did. So he he has some some buddies out here that we, we're we doing it with. That's cool. Yeah, him and yeah, I, it's
0: I pretty fun. keep in touch every once in a while. Cool. Yeah. Nice, man. So, what's, uh, what's new? What's been going on? Um,
1: it's been kind of a quiet few weeks, I suppose. Just been working on stopwatch stuff. I have a couple of interesting things on my list of things to talk about. What about you? Anything interesting happen?
0: Um, yeah, honestly, it's been, it's been slower. So, like, I mean, as you know, it's slowest right before uh, a new iPhone launch. Like, we're pretty much ready for the, the iPhone 11 or whatever they're going to call it at Peel. Um, and it, you know, sales slow down to their lowest point, like the day before <laughs> the keynote. So it's been kind of slow lately. And then honestly, like, I feel like I hit a point of burnout lately. Like I've just gone through so much change the last six, 12 months, just with like life and work. And, and I think it's kind of just all coming to a head. Like my family pointed out, like you know, yeah, you've gone through so much the last six months with all the moving and, you know, moving back and house and car and, you know, finding an apartment and Jamie getting a job. And so, yeah, I've been kind of burned out and just kind of trying to, like, recoup and bounce back here soon. How how has that burnout manifested itself? Like, what what is it that you're, like, noticing that makes you think that you're burnt out? Um, definitely just not as, like, two things for sure. Definitely not as productive and definitely not as like creative like i I just kind of feel like you know i'm used to feeling a certain way and being able to like have different ideas and think through things And i just feel like there's something missing there of, of how i normally am able to like operate i guess so yeah and then just kind of i don't know just overall you know tired and just like don't have that like fire in my belly kind of feeling and just like right you know get up for the day and just like ready to to like you know uh, i hate this term but like crush you know whatever i'm (laughs) 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 a good thing of an alternate way to put that but yeah it's just like you're kind of uh, like i don't know it's just kind of i just don't feel myself yeah just tired and lack of creativity yeah how long have you felt that way Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, it's really hard to pick. It's like one of those things that just kind of like festers and like bubbles up. And then you're like, it's probably been that way for a bit. And like, someone says something or you start noticing things. It was kind of like a few different things. Like I noticed I wasn't feeling normal. And I was just talking to like, Jamie and my family. And, you know, they kind of pointed out like, well, it makes a whole lot of sense based on, you know, everything going on. Like, yeah, that's true.
1: What are you going to do to, or do you have any plans to try and get out, get out of the funk that you're in, get out of the burnout, work past it?
0: Um, I guess just kind of like just recognizing that like it's there and that uh, it makes sense that I'm feeling this way. Yeah. You know, like I think a lot of times you're just like, why am I feeling this way? And then someone's like, well, duh, like this, 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 and that. And like, yeah, that makes sense. So that, honestly, just like someone pointing it out has been a, a big relief. And I think it'll yeah. just be time. Just like, you know, somewhat taking it easy Yeah, is my hope anyway. <laughs> I'm kind of in the thick of it right now. I wish I'm like talking about this on the other side and there's a, a happy, you know, oh yeah, I did this and now everything's wonderful. But yeah, I think it'll just be time.
1: Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Well, keep, keep me in the loop with how... How that progresses, if you you know do yeah. anything that seems to really help, let me know.
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go see a guru or something and tell you about that. Good idea. Good <laughs> idea. Um, so,
1: sort of related, I cancelled that personal trainer app that I was using. I, I remember mentioning I would I would update you if I ever cancelled it. Yeah, cancelled it.
0: So, why is that? Um,
1: I, it was just one of those. So, just a quick reminder: it was this this personal trainer app cost 150 bucks a month. You get an actual person who like gives you a Plan and you can talk to it, you know, SMS or through their messaging app or whatever. It was cool. I liked it as a service, but I just felt like after a while, I wasn't really getting 150 dollars worth of service every month. Like the, the you know, I got a pretty good sense for like, all right, this is getting used to this workout now. Like, sort of got a good sense for how things got ramped up. You know, in terms of like, okay, you do this weight for this amount of time, and then like, slowly ramp it up. I just feel like I could kind of do it by myself now. So hmm. still planning on sort of sticking to the schedule that she helped me create, but, but yeah. cancelled the 150 bucks a month service. I've, I've got to think that they, they probably have a, a, a problem with retention, or maybe not problem with retention, but retention is probably something that they struggle with, I would think, just because it does feel like one of those things that people do get diminishing returns on. It was really helpful getting the ball rolling with it and getting me into the habit and holding me accountable, like right at the beginning. Yeah. But after a while, it was just like, I don't, I just don't, I could do this now. You know, I don't think I need to pay 150 bucks a month.
0: So did you kind of just like write down, uh, you know, like the workouts they had you doing, like it was pretty much just that week after week with like a little bit of check-in.
1: Yeah. So the workouts would
0: vary, but
1: I mean, it's kind of, it's not anything super profound, you know, like you could just sort of go around the gym, sort of use different machines, focus on different areas. Like doesn't, it's not that hard to do that really. Right. Um So now, yeah, I just, I didn't write anything down, but I just kind of got into the habit of doing that workout or similar workouts. And I, just, I don't know, I just feel like I can do it by myself now. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's funny. Fitness is, is it, so funny in that there's so many different like programs and all these things but like the fundamentals of it is all the same it's just like go to the gym right lift heavy weights if you want to gain muscle or do a lot of cardio if you want to like you know do some fat and that's like the first principles of like right. <laughs> being healthy and, and then eating obviously eating healthy don't eat don't eat terrible food right right yeah it's funny isn't it it's
1: funny how simple it is yet there's like this huge industry of things and services and people who just like help you do those you know two simple things yeah
0: yeah like and it's you know everybody's got these workout programs and their own you know you know they'll slap their name on it so-and-so's workout program and like you know they have all these results which i fully believe you know it's like yeah jim lost 80 pounds but it's like It's because Jim started working out, you know, not because Becky's workout program specifically. (laughs) Dude, this reminds me, actually, I had this idea. This is kind of like
1: a joke idea, but I think it would actually maybe work. Um, So it's an idea for a company. It's a two-sided marketplace that connects uh, fat people, people who are just like very overweight and sort of looking to become less fat, become healthy, basically. It connects those to, to, uh, you know, health, company type services that are looking for fat people to uh you know use as a case study <laughs> so <laughs> do you think that would work like as a fat person I would, i'd totally be down to just like like a little bit of extra you know motivation if they pay me like a thousand bucks to like get super thin over like six months or something like that and be the face of some company i'd
0: love to do that so like basically the, the jared subway thing on like a smaller scale for like other people, where it's like, here's a guy. I'm willing to work out, yeah, yeah, but I yeah. want to be paid for it, and I want to be your poster boy. Just pay me a thousand dollars, exactly, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, I honestly, yeah, niche, but for sure, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. So, something so to, so to think about. Something to think about. Uh, beautiful. This is this in your list of business ideas that you've got in Notion? It, it, it is in my list of business <laughs> ideas, yeah. Aww. I like listing ones like those because, like,
1: I, 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 the, the ridiculous ideas that have, like, a sort of kernel of truth I find very satisfying. Like, I, I like ideas like that that will sort of, like, get a laugh, but also, like, huh, like, that that might actually work.
0: Yeah. I Like, those kind of ideas, you may borrow from that in the future for something totally related. Right. But yeah, that's cool. how How big is that list, by the way? Just like all your various business ideas. It's it's over a hundred. Wow. Um,
1: yeah. I was thinking about making starting like a YouTube series where I just like talk about each one. That'd be cool. Because it's 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 really like like basically I'm not really gonna do any of them. I mean, I might do like a very small number of them like throughout my my lifetime or whatever. But most of them, I just would like to exist. Yeah. So I feel like in terms of like, it'd be very easy for me to like create that kind of content. It's just like, I could already just sit down and talk about every single one of them at length without doing any kind of prep work, you know? And I think it would be interesting. Like even if the idea, of, like the actual idea that I'm pitching isn't something that someone wants to run with, I think there's usually some kind of something interesting there that could be applied to different things. Yeah. I don't that, know. That's cool. Might, might do it.
0: Well, there's another idea you can add to your list. John's YouTube channel of business ideas. Yeah, I would watch that though. Um, that, that's interesting. Uh, cool. Yeah,
1: there's actually there's there's another one I'm going to pitch you today, but there's something I want to talk about before. So, okay. did 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 you see the uh, the Elon Musk Neuralink presentation a
0: couple of weeks ago? Um, so I <laughs> sort. I mean, I didn't watch the whole thing. I clicked play. I watched their little like stock video footage intro. Thing and then Musk comes on stage. He's like talking about it, and I probably turn it off for five minutes. Uh, yeah, it was over my head, and I think I had to get into something else. So uh, fair
1: enough, not totally. Any uh, any comments
0: or any sort of thoughts about after after watching the, the short part of the presentation that you did watch? I don't know enough about it to speak like from an opinionated point, but it's it, like the concept is kind of crazy like right i think you know way more about it than i do but yeah i
1: i don't i don't know if that's true honestly but i i it's definitely a a space i'm very interested in very excited about just just as like a consumer you know and my my takeaway from the whole thing was just like okay this is insane it also i mean it's hard to really actually kind of make a call like this because you know you know what elon's like just (laughs) <laughs> there's, there's a gap between marketing and reality sometimes. Yeah. Um, especially the way, like, some of the stuff that they're pitching. But I, I got the sense that they were a lot further along than I expected them to be. You know, like, they were talking about, like, the... So, I, I, I guess some context, if no one saw it. it, it's basically... Neuralink is this this company that is making hardware to... That basically, you embed in the brain... And then using that hardware, you can you can use it or like developers can can sort of tap into it to basically make software that you can control directly from the brain. The part that I find a lot more interesting in, in that conversation is the actual applications of that and what might be possible or what software might look like or whatever. Um, and they didn't really get into much of that in the presentation, or at least I didn't I didn't see much of that. But yeah, conceptually I just think it's so interesting. Um, you know the idea of interfacing with technology the idea of like being able to you know like intercept what your eyes see and create like a true sort of immersive virtual world yeah you know like conceptually I think that's inevitable and I also think it's just going to change everything as soon as that becomes indistinguishable from reality then everything changes you know so I have a question. So, well, first question is, would you buy one? Or would you would you install a chip in the brain? Say it was like, I don't know, not super expensive, like 500 bucks or 250 bucks or something like that.
0: I definitely would not be an early adopter. I can tell you that. Mm. Like something like that. Technology, I'm so down to be like one of the first people to buy one. But something like that. You- can go like how early
1: would you be comfortable being
0: uh, like mm. it, it's proven that it's like totally works that yeah I I don't know I, I can give you some generalities but yeah the tricky
1: part with that is I feel like you're not really gonna know like the long term effects of something like that until, you know, it's been in someone's brain for like eighty years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's kind of the same thing with like mobile phones. Like, I don't think we really know how like the potential implications of of being around you know that for a whole lifetime. I I, I don't know. It, it's interesting. So anyway, I, I, I how, how do you feel about it? Just the same question. <sighs> I mean, I I agree with your general sentiment that I don't think I'd want to be sort of, you know, (laughs) V0.5 or like a beta version of this thing. It's like, it's literally in your brain, you know? It's like, (laughs) but some of the stuff that it was saying in the presentation made me, well, it was weird actually. Like I, I, part of me was like, wow, this is like incredible. This this is like, you know, a, a lot less, crazy than i thought it would be in terms of like the surgery to get it in there like how big the incision had to be like all this sort of thing. Yeah. So part of me was like damn this is really impressive but the other part of me was like crunched up in a ball just thinking like oh i don't want this thing like going through my skull like this just sounds horrible like conceptually you know. That being said i mean it it's honestly probably the closest thing to a religion that i think i subscribe to Th- this idea that like like humans interfacing with technology is something that I think is at least plausible within our lifetimes. And it could just change everything. You know, it could, it could mean that people could talk or communicate in totally different ways, like without words anymore, they could just communicate with like, Hey Marshall, here's how I'm feeling about this. And it's like hard to put into words, but here's how I'm feeling about this. And then you just sort of get that feeling or we can sort of communicate in like a totally different way. Mm. I, I think it's, I don't know. I just think it's like a fascinating industry and something I like, I really want to keep keep an eye on. So this is what kind of the idea that I was leading, I sort of referenced earlier in the podcast. But um, so the only way I'm like staying up to date with any of this stuff right now is just kind of passively through the the normal sources. So, you know, tech publications that I happen to subscribe to, like the people I follow on Twitter, that kind of thing. So it's like I'm, I'm only getting like a very filtered view of what's happening within that industry, you know? Right. But but I'd love to be on, like, the cutting edge of that research. Just, like, get, you know, like a a monthly email from someone that's just like, right, like, here's all the papers that have been published that have some sort of, like, passive relation to this industry. Because there's all sorts of different things that it sort of relates to. There's, like, AI research and, like, brain research and, like, the the technology that's needed to make the – the wire's is small enough to get there's like, there's all sorts of different factors that, that are worth like, keeping an eye on in terms of keeping track on the potential progress towards this thing. Yeah. Um, and so I, I guess slight side note quickly. So my uh, fiance, Alison, she is a scientist and one of the, so she, she graduated, she has a PhD in something, some sort of very specific science area Um and, and that happened probably about a year ago is when she graduated. Okay. And the thing that I found most surprising after talking to her and learning about just that whole world was just how hard it is to get a job after you get a PhD. And there's huge numbers, like thousands and thousands of people who are super smart, like PhD graduates basically, who are like, one of the few people in the world that have like deep, deep knowledge of specific subjects, like have published papers on specific subjects like, like this. And they're either unemployed or like totally, totally undervalued in terms of the, the the stuff that they can do until their later stage in their career. Um, So there's just this huge pool
0: of untapped talent. Why, why do you think that is just as like your assessment right now? Uh, It's, it's complicated Um, and I,
1: I mean, I, a lot of this is is speculation and I don't really have a deep understanding of all this stuff, but I think, I think, so there's two different ways you can go. If you have a PhD, you can stay in the academic field and the academic field is, is basically like, it's very hard to make money in the academic field. And it's also like. So you, 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 you sort of become a well-known breakout scientist if you make some discovery, right? Or like publish papers that lead towards some sort of like big discovery. But you also, you don't, like you can be a perfect scientist and work your whole career and like have good ideas and work on like paper after paper after paper, but never sort of break through and never sort of have some big discovery. Like she's telling me that one of her projects that she worked on for like over a year like the only sort of actionable thing that she got out of it was just like, "Yep, this hypothesis was wrong," <laughs> you know, and that was a year's worth of work, basically. Yeah. Um, so it's just like very hard in that environment to, like, the economic the economics of it just make it tricky to
0: sort of make much money. Also, well, isn't it also I, very very like grant based inside exactly. of academics and yeah, that's like exactly scared. It's like high end begging uh,
1: almost. Right. It, 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 exactly, and you know the the labs are incentivized to just like squeeze all of their lab technicians and everything as much as possible because they're, you know, from their perspective, if if they're running some experiment that is based on some hypothesis that doesn't turn out to be true, they've blown you know hundreds of thousands of dollars to figure this out, and then they have to go back to the people who who invested that money and basically try and frame it in a way that's like, yeah, like we spent this money, we were kind of wrong about this, but. Like this area seems promising, or, I don't know. It just seems like a tricky, a tricky sort of industry. So that's the academic route. Right. Then there's like a, the the sort of oh, I can't remember what it's called. Like the kind of private company route, basically. Um, and I think it's a bit easier to make money in, in in that scenario. But it's also people are looking for, you know, more experience. I I don't know. The, the, the side effect though is there's definitely a huge pool of untapped talent of people who have PhDs but aren't getting paid very much or just aren't working, basically. Yeah. So um, the idea... So I'm kind of helping. Ever since I started... I don't know. It's just always been kind of like a fun project to try and come up with some sort of... More just like a thought experiment, like some help Alison start some kind of business or service or something that, that would be beneficial based on the experience that she has and the knowledge that she has. Yeah, I do the um,
0: same
1: thing with Jamie. <laughs> yeah, it's just so fun, isn't it? I just like doing it as like a little thought experiment. Yeah. This is kind of where we've landed on something that I think she's going to try and pursue just sort of tentatively. Um, so the idea would be, you know those newsletters that we that we have? So we the the Glimpse one where it sends you monthly insights based on Google Trends and, and other sort of factors so it shows you like things that... Are growing but haven't necessarily broken through into the mainstream yet. Yeah. Or I think you mentioned one last week, the, the Hustle one, which sounds like kind of a
0: similar thing. Yeah, trends. Um, I think it's very similar, but more editorial over it. Um, got, it, but got, yeah, it got it. Yeah, same idea.
1: So, my, my plan is to, through Allison's new service, which doesn't exist yet, my plan is to spend the 150 bucks a month that I was paying uh, my personal trainer. And basically, she's going to find, like, uh, a research scientist with a PhD who just graduated, like, who's published papers in, like, fields that pertain to this sort of, like, your Neuralink-esque industry. So basically, just the, the intersection of, like, AI and brain and uploading consciousness to a computer, like, that that whole concept. Like, there's a lot that's sort of wrapped up in that, but that kind of area of research. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this person's then going to just, like, spend a few hours a week or a few hours a month just, like, keep... They're already sort of passively doing this because this is the area of research they're already working in. So it's just going to be, like, spending a few hours a month, keeping an eye on relevant published papers, relevant published materials, uh, like, rewording them in a way that sort of pertains to me that I would, like, understand, and, like, framing them in ways that will make sense to me. Um, and then just, like, writing me, like, a monthly email of just, like, the cutting edge of what's going on in in this space. Um, That's cool. I think it's and I, I think it's going to be. I mean, it remains to be seen. We haven't done this yet, but I'm just really looking forward to like being able to sort of put myself in a position where I actually do know some stuff about this, or at least enough. I, I mean, I don't think I'll have like deep knowledge of any of this stuff, but I will at least have a sense of like okay, yeah, like, I think we're about 10 years off from this actually being something that people are using or, you know, like, oh, there was this new new sort of crazy software thing that was just developed which makes this new thing possible or, or whatever. I'm, I'm really looking forward to being in that position. The other nice thing is, unlike uh, these two services I just mentioned, Glimpse and, and The Hustle, because that's, like, an email that's going to many people, this is just going to you. So if there's if there's a sort of something in the email that sounds particularly interesting or an area of research that you read about that you want to sort of dive a bit deeper into, you can just reply to the email and then the researcher will sort of spend a bit more time on that next week. Um, so the, the sort of model for this sort of company service that she's sort of toying around with will basically be if there are people like me or you or businesses that want to sort of dive deeper into an area of research or just just be like the first in the loop on any sort of new technological advancement or anything like that, um, you could create or sort of sign up to have your own newsletter, monthly newsletter that's tailored specifically to the areas of research that you want them to be tailored to. And they're written by someone with like deep, deep knowledge in that industry. And uh, yeah, it's just basically trying to like utilize this this huge untapped pool of, of talent that's just sort of sitting around not doing anything. So if anyone's interested in that, um, I guess maybe the best thing to do would be uh, DM me on Twitter, and I'll I'll, I'll uh, give you an intro to her, and then uh, she can sort of connect the dots and, and help create a newsletter for you. But yeah, I think it'll be an interesting experiment.
0: So like a, a personalized Cliff Notes for like cutting edge academic, you know, topics. Like yes, okay, got it. Exactly. Interesting. You know, this, I just thought of, uh, have you heard of Wait But Why? Is it a podcast? Sounds familiar. He might have a podcast. I know it is the website. I I could see this as a podcast as well, but I think it's like one guy. I honestly, there's probably people listening to this that know way more about this because it's super popular. Uh, I think it's two guys actually. But yeah, they write like crazy long form posts breaking down into like just the layman terms of complex topics. Like he just released, I think like one of his longest pieces about Neuralink. Hmm. Uh, and they'll draw like little stick figure uh, illustrations, trying to like explain things. Um, yeah. You should check out the Neuralink one, uh, but they've done it on a ton of different stuff. Definitely a lot of like Elon Musk level ideas, but I think yeah, simpler things as well. Um, but Yeah. Yeah. When you were talking about Neuralink, I thought of Allison because I I literally remember reading this article and like, well, maybe it was in their their video, but basically like a rat with a USB-C stick sticking out of his forehead. And I, you know, thought of uh, Mouse Boy and Allison and all of the the (laughs) old rats that she had to deal with. And yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, man. That like, so I... I remember, this is going back a little bit, so take what I'm about to say with a pinch of salt, but I remember reading about this this experiment that has been done. This is a thing that exists in the world that we live in, and they've basically made rats that you can control with a remote control. So it's almost like a little remote control car, but the car is actually a rat, a living rat that's alive with stuff in his brain, and then like you push forward, you go left, you go right or whatever, and the rat, is, rat just does it. The thing that's also interesting is like the rat is still a rat, right? The, the rat still has its own thoughts and feelings and emotions or whatever. And apparently the what's happening in the rat's head is the rat's being like, oh, I'd like to go over there. And it goes over there. Like it doesn't, it's not like fighting against it. It like tricks the rat into thinking it wants to do that, which is just kind of a horrifying thought, right? Yeah. Like imagine if, imagine if that's something that, You know, you can make the jump from rat to human. Imagine that. Imagine being like some sort of, well, the the thing that's so scary is you don't realize that you're being coerced. You're like, oh, I'll just, you know, do this. I'll do this. I'll do this. And it's like, you think you're having those ideas,
0: but you're not. Yeah. Uh, That's a scary concept. uh, Again, (laughs) crazy. That's like the topic of sci-fi. Like Inception is basically a movie about that in a way. Right like influencing people's deepest thoughts and getting them to change course. Oh, that's so weird. Yeah, that's crazy to think about. I'm like Googling this and it's funny because like a bunch of remote control rat pranks are coming up, but then I finally (laughs) found like something about the study. Okay. (laughs) Dude,
1: this is probably a side, well, definitely is a side note, but did you ever see that guy who, uh, he made a drone out of his cat? No. Does that that ring a bell? So I don't even, I'm not sure if this is one of those stories that, like, either this guy was just, like, taking the piss or he's just, like, (laughs) fucking lunatic. Basically, his cat, you know, his beloved cat, it died. Then he got it taxidermied, which is already, like, a little bit weird. But he got it taxidermied, basically, like, imagine a cat with its, its arms stretched out in every direction like doing a star jump imagine that <laughs> and now imagine that attack like each cat limb has like a drone uh, like blade web, on it blade yeah. blade on it and then imagine it flying around if you google like i don't know cat drone or something it'll come up it's one of the most horrifying things i've seen <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's a little thumbnail it's just yeah. wow that's I don't know how to feel about that.
1: That's- oh, dude, I this is getting on a bit of a rabbit hole now. I don't have this in my show notes, but I, I, uh, hopefully this is okay for me to say. There's this uh, YC founders uh, sort of community like newsletter group type yep. forum thing, yeah, and mm-hmm. like it's 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 usually really interesting because now there's like lots of you know past and present YC founders that, you know, are just at a different stage of starting their companies. Like some have been acquired, some are like winding them down. Like, you know, it's just a very interesting community with lots of interesting stuff there. I saw this this email a couple of days ago that said something like, I'm not going to say who it was, but basically it was like, yeah, um, thinking about cloning my dog, question mark. Like that was the name of the thread or something like that. And apparently this is a thing that you can do. You can you can clone your dog or any animal, actually. Um, so it's like, you know, let's say it's like getting kind of older, you know, Jamie, Puncher dog, let's say, like, you know, let's say, let's say, you know, Jamie really loved Puncher and wanted to just like basically have another one. <laughs> um, and apparently, you know, it probably will look kind of the same. It'll probably have kind of the same like temperament and it will be genetically identical in every way. Um it, the, do you want to guess how much it costs actually before I tell you the
0: price? How much it costs to clone a dog? Um. So I faintly remember seeing some headline about uh, Barbara Streisand doing this. <laughs> so I might have, I might be pulling this number from like memory on that, but like 150, 200 grand. <laughs>
1: It's probably one of those things where it probably was that much like a year ago, and now it's you know it's fifty grand costs to clone a dog. So
0: who like who does this? Like, what is this a company? Is this like a a, a, uh, like a research facility? Like a a university? Like who do you go to? So uh, my understanding of this is
1: based on skim reading this thread. (laughs) So take this with a pinch of salt. But yeah, they. Someone linked to this company. It's like, yeah, you can do this. Like, here's this company. And, like, they have, they do it for all different animals. Yeah, it's just the thing now that people do. People are, like, cloning animals and,
0: and having them live on forever. So you have a new dog that's born. Yeah. Or cat or whatever. And, like, same dog as far as looks go. What about temperament? Like, are they. So looks actually. So I was talking to Allison about this. Um,
1: apparently looks, like it might not look exactly the same. I mean, it will look similar, but it might look a little bit different. Like it might have like different markings and stuff like that. But yeah, it's supposed to just be, it will have like a very similar, to be honest, dude, it, it here's my take on it. Like, I suspect it would be very, very similar just getting, you know, a dog from the same breeder kind of thing, like a brother or a sister or like a few generations after. Mm-hmm. But, there's this sort of added cool aspect that just like, yeah, it, it's actually, you know, Smeatly cloned. It's a clone version of Smeatly. It's genetically identical to Smeatly. Smeetly's my dog, if anyone's confused. Um,
0: um, that's my read on it, but but I don't know. Like, how is it genetically the same if it could be, it could, could look different? Like, I, I don't know the science. So apparently, apparently, they're not directly, like, you can be, like, think of this, like,
1: all of the mouse...
0: <laughs>
1: when did you get Dude, Alice I'm, on the show? <laughs> I, I have this weird like mental block now where I always say, I get mice and mouse mixed up. I'll say the wrong one basically every time I say it. So like, oh, I, I did it just then. But anyway, so like all of the mouse, I did it again. All of the mice that Alison <laughs> would kill in yeah. her labs. So she, she would like she'd do experiments on these mice. Like the way that you get information from... For the experiments is by killing them and then, you know, doing analysis and all of the different organs and stuff just to see how much different chemical compounds are in different things. Wow. So she'd have to kill like hundreds a week. Wow, with her hands, just like
0: <gasps> just like really snapping horrible. their
1: neck. Yeah, man. Oh. So that was one way she'd kill them. She there was another way. That was apparently the best way because it was like, I mean, you have to actually do it with your hand, which is kind of horrible, but it's like quick and painless. The worst way she told me about was the gas chamber. and i actually thought this would be i know it's horrible i i thought this would be actually like the the like not as bad as killing them with your bare hands but apparently what's bad with the gas chamber is they obviously are being gassed so they don't like it so they're like jumping around just like trying to escape you know and then all of a sudden they just sort of give up and just like just sort of die and it's just horrible horrible to watch apparently anyway that that was a bit of a tangent a bit of a horrible tangent what i was going to say was all of all of those mice are genetically identical they are genetically identical those mice they're like all from some sort of like master mouse or whatever because that that would affect the results right if they were different if they had different genetics and they all look different they have different markings they have like you know some of them are different sizes slightly i guess that's more situational than than genetic but um yeah so they wouldn't necessarily look exactly the same but i think they probably are those cloned mice
0: or or is yeah they are wow okay wow i like as you're talking about this i'm just thinking like i wonder how many mice allison has killed in her in her (laughs) (laughs) that was my takeaway from that interesting tangent (laughs) yeah she's killed a lot yeah. For those that don't know, you guys had a few. That like, uh, you had Mouse Boy, right? Which was like the fave. that... Yeah,
1: Mouse Boy. Mouse Boy was my mouse. He, he uh, hopefully, this is okay to say, but uh, he was a lab mouse. Yep. Um, she saved him from the lab, um, which I thought was awesome because you know he's like he's a lab mouse. He's like a genetically modified lab mouse. And th- he, there's also this this really interesting coffee table book that Allison used to have, which, I mean, it wasn't a coffee table book. It was like, uh, basically like a, a mouse menu and you can like flick through this mouse menu and it's, it's for labs to like decide which mouse mice they want to do experiments <laughs> on. Um, and you know, you, you flick through and like, there's, there's like, all right, you can get like a super fat mouse. If you want, it's just like super, super fat. Like that, you can or you order can get. from someone. Yeah, yeah. You get like a hundred super fat mouse mice, <laughs> or you can get like there's, there was a flat mouse, which is interesting, like a pancake mouse. Wait, wait. wait which what?
0: <laughs> what? What do you mean? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Like a mouse that is just flat, a flat mouse. I think it's called a pancake mouse, and it looks like
0: someone just sort of squashed it, but it's like lo- a living mouse. You know? And and people would choose from this based on the experiment they're trying to yeah, run. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't think people are just like, oh, let's get a few flat mice just because it'd be funny. Yeah, like, comedy there's, there's, value. Let's get the flat one. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. I don't know the reasons, but there's, not, there's definitely like specific reasons. Oh, I, I really wanted to get like just some sort of totally like weird, like, what happened to your mouse kind of thing. Uh, flat mouse. But yeah, I ended up just getting like a normal normal one although i think he had some sort of genetic deficiency i, I don't know but he was a cool dude we still haven't we still have ma- mice <laughs> actually <laughs> and i think it's i think it's all just sort of alison compensating for killing so many when she was working as a scientist yeah. now she has to kind of just like make you know make
0: amends god that's so Oh, uh, I, I couldn't do her job like i I wonder at what point Allison in her, like, schooling learned that, like, she's going to have to, like, came to terms with, like, yeah, if I want to stay this track, I'm going to have to kill a lot of mice. Right. Man, I don't know how we got on this topic. Super interesting, though. Right. Yeah. So that's what, that's what my science mouse related needs. <laughs> we need, like, a segment. Where it's like Marshall and John interprets headlines with no education around the topic <laughs> yeah. whatsoever.
1: <laughs> yeah
0: yeah Um. so how is stopwatch going I even like cranking out tons of uh, beta releases like a couple a day and like I'll get the, the test flight notifications for him yeah it's it's. I, I saw you talking about it on uh, Instagram the other day yeah
1: it's it's going well it's uh, the point now where it's 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 interesting like there's this I think I've talked about this before but there's this sort of fine line you have to walk between getting people on early so you can, like, get feedback and talk to people and see what works, see what doesn't work, but also, like, not onboarding people when the app is just, like, a janky mess that, you know, it's very not a nice experience. Yeah. So, like, we've, like, slowly have been onboarding people, like, probably a bit too early, in all honesty, just because the app is still you know, it has some bugs or crash a lot. There's, there's some, some sort of big issues with it in terms of like, it's uh there's no, or only very recently have we added uh, like notifications in a way of like actually being notified once you, you know, receive comments or video replies or anything like this. So it's been, it's been kind of hard to track conversations or sort of get any sort of, uh, you know, like organic, use going just because it's been hard to follow everything Yeah, um, getting to the point now though where that is no longer an issue um, and it sort of want to onboard a few more people to you know learn a bit more see how people are using it that, that kind of thing um, I think we're probably sort of I don't know at least a month or two away from having the app in a place where I'm going to be like happy with it and not like ashamed to like send it to people um, but I feel like that's sort of a good place to be. Like, i I'd definitely rather err on the side of onboarding people a little bit too soon than, than a little bit too late, you know. Um, it's been some interesting sort of design challenges we've been going through recently. So you actually touched on this a little bit last week, but you were talking about there used to be uh, sort of like visual notches on the feed, which indicated seconds passing. Right. Um, and we ended up taking that out just basically because of screen real estate. And it seemed like a great decision at the time because it was just like, okay, yeah, you can see this much better. It makes sense. Let's just move forward. What we found, though, is is the way that the feed, just after looking at people, how they interact with the app when they first open it, people are just so trained to scroll in, like basically just scroll. Like people just scroll the same way in every app. Like there's a thing called a UI scroll view, which functions the same way in every app. So when you scroll, it scrolls. You're sort of expecting something to happen. Because we are tying, we're sort of doing something different with scroll and we're tying scroll directly to time. Right now, if you scroll in the same way as you do in any other app, you get this kind of weird sort of jarring experience. Just like, Basically, because time moves when you scroll, what happens is the thing that you're looking at, just sort of shoots forward in time a little bit, and it's like, what, what, what the hell just happened? Kind of thing. You're not expecting it to happen unless you sort of have the context of how that works, how you use it, that that, that sort of thing. So, basically, we're, we're sort of trying to solve that from like a design perspective right now. So it's like, how do we, how do we sort of show the, the user that scrolling in stopwatch does something different? So one thing, there's a couple of things I think we're going to do, or at least experiment. One is add that those notches back at least some in some sort of subtle way they probably won't look how they used to look but what that does is it, there's actually something visual on the screen then that moves when you scroll so it's no longer it, it, it sort of makes a bit more sense as a metaphor if there's something on the screen moving and then when you flick that you see that same thing flick at the speed that you flicked if that makes sense it might be kind of a bit hard conceptually to get your head around um Another thing that we're going to probably do is, do you, have you ever, well, do you remember when you set an alarm in the iOS clock app, do, do you remember that subtle uh, sort of vibration that you feel when you, you're you setting the time on those scroll wheels? Does that ring any bells? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a little haptic feeling. It, exactly. So, so I think we're going to implement something like that. So only when you're actually scrolling, so that when your finger is on the screen, to make it feel like a, heavier action and something different is happening when you're scrolling and stopwatch versus a different app. I think every second there's going to just be this very subtle sort of like haptic feedback that makes it sort of feel like you're ticking over a second, if
0: that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, As so, yeah, you scroll or like if I let go and just let time happen and it tick, will, will my phone still do the haptic thing or only when I no, drag my fingers? Just, okay. Just when your finger's dragging on the screen. Got it. Well, I was just gonna ask. Um, that makes sense, like having some more like feedback uh, as people are doing it. But what about just in the onboarding? Have you guys talked about having some little like UI thing that explains how it works before you dive in and start seeing content?
1: Yeah, there's definitely going to be some sort of onboarding that we basically plan to do that last. Mm-hmm. Like just because things keep changing, like things. I mean, not. Dramatically, but yeah, in terms of like how things look, or you want to show the actual UI it, it, exactly. So there, there will definitely be an onboarding step. Um, but right now, whilst we're onboarding people, like I, 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 want people. Like I mean, I personally, any onboarding I will just skip through. You know, I, i I'm, I think a lot of people just yeah either do that or aren't really paying attention or have a lot of stuff going on. So I think it it needs to be. Whatever onboarding we have, it still needs to be, like, a super intuitive thing that people can just, like, instantly get without a whole, like, onboarding thing that explains everything. So that's really the goal. Yeah, um, And it is just, like, this, you know, process that you just have to go through. It's like, you know, do something, test it, do something, test it, see how people use it, see if it works. Yeah. Because it's funny, like, it, it. it's almost like having like a really old car that only you know how to drive. There's like a, a knack to driving it. And you can drive it, it's fine, but you have to like hold this, the clutch in a specific position and like, you know, all this sort of stuff. It, it feels like that. Like I can control the app now perfectly, but watching other people scroll through time and, and use it is, is kind of painful, honestly. So yeah. it's kind of what we're focusing on at the moment. But it's going
0: well. That's cool, yeah. No, it's, it's interesting though. Like it's uh, explaining something... Like when you're really, I went into something, went through something similar recently with a, a peel product pre- preparing to launch It's in a totally different way, less complex than what you're dealing with. But when you're really close to something, you forget uh, what it was like when you know you're new to it, and you just like you're totally blind to to these kind of things until you exactly. encounter it with other people. And basically, what happened is so we're, we're gearing up to launch. Uh, an AirPod case, like a Peel AirPods case. And saying that, you might imagine just, oh, we're going to make an identical uh, charging case that your AirPods go into that is, you know, our own color or something, or like a, a replacement for it. I would have never thought that. I wasn't thinking that when we would talk about it, but that title we found out, people were thinking that's maybe what we're doing. Mm. Like basically a a replacement version of Apple's case that AirPods pop into. And it's not that at all. It's it's a, a case that goes around the case, if you will. It's The case uh, case. Yeah. And it's funny, like, when I talk about AirPods, I, to me, they're kind of just, like, one object, even though there's three things, you know, you can separate out, like, the charging case and then the AirPods that go in your ears. Um, so I didn't even think twice about that. So... You know, when we realized, like, okay, like, because people were like, wait, like, is it this or like, what is it? Uh, we're going to do something really simple, which is just, just simply on the product page, have a couple photos that show it on, but then off, like, sitting next to Apple's AirPod case. So, like, our, you know, case off, not on the device, laying next to it. I'm hoping that, combined with, like, the price point, you know, like, the fact mm. that it would be, like, 19 or 25 or what, whatever we price it as. Under thirty bucks, they're like, okay, clearly this isn't get got electronics in it, and it's you know going to charge my AirPods. But yeah, like it never crossed my mind until uh, we basically sent out like a survey uh, to our customer base, like, hey, we're working on this product, we really want to know what color and finish like you'd be most interested in, and we we gave them three options. One was uh, matte black jet black or like a glossy black finish and then a um, the same in white um, and I was surprised that everyone chose not everyone but like 65 70% of people chose matte black so that was interesting but then the responses basically asking that question like wait what is this is this a case or is mm. this like a charging you know to replace the Apple one and we're like that oh. is interesting.
1: I suppose I suppose what is the is it called a case right now? The AirPod case? I like does Apple call that thing that charges the AirPods an AirPod case?
0: I believe so. Yeah, I think like ah, so okay. let me see on their website, because they offer you can buy the charging case now. Like if you have Gen 1, Got it. you can just buy the charging one. Yeah.
1: No, that is a really good example of just being so close to something. It seems so obvious to you because you <laughs> you're working on it, it's your idea. And then yeah, you like say that same thing to someone else, and they're like, oh, that's not quite what I expected.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yep, yeah, that's exactly what Apple calls it. So you can buy AirPods, which is like basically Gen 1 with a charging case. Then you can buy AirPods with wireless charging case. And then now you can separately buy the wireless charging case for AirPods. So, I mean, we'll have also a little description under the product title and stuff that explains, you know, this is a case for apple's airpods case yeah hopefully we can word yeah. it well but yeah cool man well you guys do you have anything else you want to talk through i have
1: i have uh just one quick thing so do you remember the frog marshall yeah yeah <laughs> so probably to give a bit of context but yeah, yeah I, I when i was living in in oakland i went to this alameda maybe it's called it's like an antique market or something. It happens like once a month. It's huge. It's awesome. If you're if you're out there, it's highly recommend going. I was walking around there, I found this incredible like ceramic frog that was lying down in this hilarious, like seductive pose. And I was like, I have to buy that. It's the coolest thing I've ever seen. So I bought it. And it just kind of became a bit of like an inside joke between me and Marshall. And I, I don't know if you remember this Marshall, but for a while we were trying to hide it in the background of all of our like demo videos and stop <laughs> yeah. like uh, Kickstarter videos. Yeah. If you go back to like the smart bed Kickstarter video, he's like in the background of like one of the shots, just like subtly in there. Anyway, so when I when I left uh Oakland and drove to St. Louis like I was really trying to downsize all of my stuff so I was like being as savage as possible is throwing everything away and unfortunately the frog didn't make the cut and I've regretted it ever since I remember there was this point where I was like "Should should I should I take the frog should I take the frog no I'm just gonna leave the frog like sort of place it in its final sort of resting place in the garden and just you know just sort of think about it pleasantly. I've thought
0: about going back to try and get it actually. Dude, like, it's the prob- saddest thing you've ever gotten rid of. Like yeah. I remember when you told me, I was like, "Wait, what? Like, surely you could have fit him in that car." Yeah, <laughs> yes, <laughs> <I could've>, yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Anyway, well, the good news is
1: I periodically just look for him online just to see if I could find like the exact same frog in the exact same pose. But I get the sense that it's just like. It's not some sort of mass produced thing, or at least if it is, it's like it was a very small run of them. I don't think there's a huge market for like seductively posed ceramic frogs. <laughs> anyway,
0: I found him. Wait, really? Like v- Yeah, I found him. Wait, back in the Oakland garden or like you found Oh no, no, no. I found
1: it I found an identical version online for sale. Wow. So what's interesting is like I said, I left them in the garden in Oakland. And the version I found it basically just looks like an identical version of what I left in the garden, just a bit more sort of weathered. <laughs> so it really feels like—I mean, the piece—I mean, I—I'm I, sure it isn't the exact same frog, but it, at least like it looks like the same. It,
0: frog. It's like you left him. He's seen some shit in that garden, and you got him again exactly. and got banged up. Exactly. That's wow, dude. Send me a photo. I—do you have it? Did you buy it? I bought
1: it on Etsy, but it hasn't been delivered yet. So I'll, I'll definitely send you a pic as soon as it arrives. Oh,
0: this is wonderful news. Uh, yeah, I thought you'd like that. I you'd like that. Did you just have like an open search going for a long time? Like <laughs> how, walk me through how you... <laughs> this is more interesting. I, I I don't actually remember how this came
1: up again recently. For some reason, we were talking about ceramic frogs. And I was like, oh yeah, like I forgot that ceramic frogs, like I love ceramic frogs. And then I just... <laughs> I just, you know, did like an Etsy search. And I, you know, it, there's loads of them. I guess this is like a whole category of product, like a whole subculture of people that just like love ceramic frogs. But there's all sorts of different Like I, re- I wanted the dude, you know, the dude. Um, and yeah, like, you know, deep, deep in there on like page 11 or whatever. There he was just looking back at me, looking
0: kind of haggard and weathered. But Is this someone the, just selling one-offs? Like, or could I, do they have stock and I can go buy one? That is a good question. Send me I will. Their uh, listing. I'll find the listing. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> it would be nice if you had a version. I of hate your... junk, but I will totally buy one of these things. That's not junk. That, I, yeah, pushing back hard on that. Fro- Froggy and us go way back. That's yeah. That's a pal. <laughs> that's amazing. All right, I'm so excited. That made my day. Cool. I thought we'd like that. I uh, I have one little like. Story anecdote thing that I thought was interesting, a little like serendipity uh, story. So, Jamie started a new job uh, at Restoration Hardware. She's an interior designer there. She really likes all the people there. Uh, I I met her boss like the day we were just like in the store one day before she had even applied. Uh, whatever we were looking around, and the woman that would eventually be her boss. Uh, I guess somehow it came up that Jamie's an interior designer. Long story short, it was like, oh, we're hiring. Like we're looking for an interior designer, and that's basically how she got the job. Went through their interview process, all that. So, you know, that was like, well, I don't know, two or three months ago. And she's been working there. She loves it. I, I think I was just tweeting about something about like Texas real estate the other day. Like I just saw this like insane house. It was like three hundred fifty grand. And I just tweeted out the Zillow listing, like, Texas real estate's incredible. Like, look at this place. And I think from that, uh, this guy replied to it. They just happened to be in Frisco, Texas. I was like, yeah, man, like, Frisco's great. Like, you know, you can get a, a ton of house here. And that was kind of that. You know, maybe I liked it. Maybe I said something back. But that same guy shot me a DM the other day asking about if we do, I think if he was asking if we do iPad cases at Peel. And I guess I replied and then he's like, dude, my wife uh, saw me, happened to see me open this message and was like, Oh, I know Marshall. And so long story short, like then he says that I look at his, his like photo and I totally like recognize Jamie's boss in his photo. And it's his wife. Oh, weird. Isn't that crazy? Like such a small world. Like Dallas is a big place. Uh, Wow. Yeah. And so, I mean, I think we have, we haven't actually met up yet, but I think we're all going to grab dinner uh, like sometime this weekend. Oh, cool. But I, yeah, he seems to have, like, be into startups and he's working on something. I just thought it was such an interesting, like, serendipity, like, of all the people that, you know, you could interact with. Like, yeah, I just thought that was so interesting.
1: Yeah, that's wild. Yeah. How, how is everything
0: going in, in Dallas? How's, how is it adjusting from from traveling around to uh, living in one place? <laughs> I have another story around that question. Uh, I mean, it's so I grew up here, for people that don't know. Like, I lived in DFW, Dallas area suburbs, until I was like 18, 19, and then moved away, lived in St. Louis for so many years, lived in uh, Canada for a bit, and, in Chile, and then, yeah, w- was in St. Louis for a long time. And then met my wife, we decided that uh, Dallas would be a good place to kind of, you know, quote unquote, settle down and move down here. All my family's here. So it's been good. It's been nice to like be near family. My parents are, I don't know, about a 10 minute drive away. Like we'll grab dinner with them, you know, maybe once every other week. My sister's nearby. So like that. And, and of course, all my, my friends uh, growing up are here. So it's been nice in that regard But it definitely has been an adjustment. Like, basically, the other day, I happened to make this comment to Jamie of like, yeah, like St. Louis, you just can't get as nice of like a house as you can here for the same amount of money, even though like St. Louis is a very affordable city and so is Dallas. And I was kind of referring to like price and floor plan styles. And she was like, I wonder if that's actually true. Like, I'm going to open up Zillow. And the first house she sees is like basically like our dream house for like the right amount of money, like something I've never seen in St. Louis before. Mm. Built on the side of a hill, in trees, like beautiful inside, beautiful outside. And it basically took us down this like 24 hour path of like considering going back to St. Louis. Cause we, I think we were both that day feeling pretty homesick, uh, missing like yeah. the nature side of St. Louis, like Dallas. It's very flat. Uh, everything's new, which is great, but you also miss out on, like, that character of, like, mom-and-pop restaurants and mm. the uniqueness of, you know, every place is different. So, uh, long story short, we, like, we almost... We're going to go up there and, like, take a look at this house and, you know, quietly consider, not tell my family, but quietly consider going back, but... We ultimately decided, like, we just need to give Dallas, you know, time and, like, be here for at least yeah. a few years. You know, worst case, we decide five years out, like, okay, we, we do miss St. Louis, let's go back. But, right, right. Like, you know, when I, I realized when I first moved to St. Louis, I didn't like it. And the reason is, like, you you don't have your people, you don't have your, like, yep. favorite spots. And that just takes time, which, you know, we'll, we'll find in Dallas, yeah. So yeah, I mean to sum up, it's great, but definitely miss you know restaurants and people and and nature and you know all that right in St. Louis. But
1: yeah, makes sense. Yeah, I, I want to come visit. I want to check out. I've never been to Dallas. I've been to the airport, but I've never been to the city.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like I'm really excited about our house. Like we saw the other day. They've they're about to pour the foundation. It's uh, it's well underway. I'm really excited to see just, like, once they've framed it, because then there will be this, mm. this three-dimensional rough shape of our house that we can walk through, you know? Yeah, yeah. Right now, we just think about it in floor plans and, and you know, just imagine it. But, yeah, yeah it's been good. What about uh, Denver? Are you still glad you moved there? Are you getting more used to being there? It's funny that you ask. it. We, we we i don't know
1: we, we're definitely talking about it like so the issue is there's a few issues actually like one is well, I, sorry, I just caught myself before I, I was gonna say something that i probably shouldn't have said but um yeah we basically allison <laughs> I keep catching myself uh, saying things I shouldn't say which is why I'm not saying it sorry this is really fumbling this answer but yeah like I love the city it has been a challenge adjusting to not knowing anyone here yeah. like not having any sort of like good squad to like help get great has been like a real challenge there's also this other weird issue with my apartment in St Louis like I I'm trying to sell it Currently can't sell it. It's like really expensive having to pay that mortgage and rent in, in Denver. Mm. Um, so I don't know. It, it, we're at least talking about the possibility of potentially uh, moving somewhere else. Wow. Um, but I don't know. It's still very, very early stages. Um, I don't know what will happen or when it will happen or
0: if it will happen. Um, Is, yeah. Should I not ask any more questions while recording this or can I ask like what uh where you guys would be and like what places you're considering and kind of why it's
1: still kind of tbd honestly the other sort of part that factors into this is is stopwatch what happens with stopwatch Mm -hmm. um you know there's a chance that it might make sense for me and simon like we've been fully remote this whole time and it, it definitely has been working but you know things things might change simon just left san francisco actually or he's in the process of leaving san francisco he moved to new york um wow there's a few places that would be really good for Allison's career, like science related stuff. I don't know. There's, there's just a lot of kind of moving parts that, that factor in. Yeah. Um, like the same sort of dynamic with you too. Like it would be nice to be close to Allison's family if we ever want to have kids, just to sort of like a, you know, free uh, childcare kind of thing. Um, so yeah, it it's still kind of up in the air, but it's, it's definitely a conversation that we're having. Denver is awesome though. I, I, I Dude, I would be so happy if we had our St. Louis squad in Denver. That would be perfect. I, I think I'd be
0: just, yeah, it would be the perfect place. Yeah, but. yeah I, I definitely miss, like, remote stuff is awesome, but I miss uh, just, like, the day-to-day, like, hanging out with people that I was working with and bouncing ideas off there in person. Like, there's definitely a trade-off that I don't know if people talk about enough with remote work. Right. How's the WeWork working out for you? Pretty good. Um, I I haven't met really... Actually, I met one guy that recognized me from walking around our apartment complex that's uh, down the street. Um, But yeah, I mean, I mostly just come here to like be out of the house um, and just have a separate place to go to. It's definitely not a social aspect for me. It's just like heads down. I'll put on headphones, you know. Yeah, Yeah. Kind of leave me alone vibe and and just focus on it. But... um, no, I mean I'm here right now actually. Uh, Jamie doesn't have to go into work today until later or normally like during the day. I could if I wanted, I could just record this at home, make it easier. But I'm sitting in a, a phone booth at we work right now. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Just to make sure the audio is, is, is good. Hopefully it wasn't too much background noise. Are you are you working at home a lot? Like I know you were tweeting out uh actually I think you sent me some photo and I was like, okay, you're clearly sending me this from your home office. It was, like, during the day. Yeah, I still work. Are you working there, mostly? S- still working i home. Sat in the kitchen right now. Oh, you're in the kitchen? I thought you had, like, a formal home office area. Uh, I have a... Like, it's like a, like a second bedroom, basically.
1: Yeah. Um. I I, I I like working downstairs, honestly. It's just a bit more spacious down here.
0: I don't know. Doors open. Yeah. It's, like, really nice outside. Yeah, I, honestly, I... With our house, like, yeah, I'm excited for our house and everything, but I'm so excited to have, like, a home office again and, like, get a wide desk that I can just leave everything at and have my monitor and just, like, a formal setup. Like, I'm, I'm always on a laptop. It's like, you know, I start my day, I set up a little area, and then when I'm done, I tear it all down and, and put it away mm. kind of thing. And I'm looking forward to that, just, like, leaving it there, some permanent yeah. stuff. Yeah. That sounds nice. Cool. Well, should we should we end it there? Yeah, that's Let's all I have. Another cool. All right. Well, I'll talk to you later. See you later, Marshall. Bye. Yeah. Bye. Hey, this is Marshall jumping in after we recorded this. I'm really sorry if this section skips around a bit. Unfortunately, there was an audio recording glitch that we didn't really know about until after the fact. So this may meander a bit and. Slightly not make sense as some bits recorded and there's some cutouts. Um, hopefully, this won't ever happen again. Sorry.